You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. This morning, the book of Jude. The book of Jude. Verse 17, get that figured out here. Uh, Was somebody really talking that quiet? Uh, Jude 17, and we'll just read verses 17 through 25. Jude, uh, any chapter, verse 17 through 25. The Bible says, But beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ how that they told you there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lusts. These be they who separate themselves, sensual, not having the Spirit. But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ, unto eternal life. And of some have compassion, making a difference, and others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy, to the only wise God our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and ever Amen. As we look at the book of Jude, I want to talk this morning in our Sunday school Bible time about making a difference. Now, this has really been a theme, I guess, lately. You know, ever since the start of this year and uh, even uh, the the close of last year, but the start of this year, this has been one year, hasn't it? I mean, it's been uh, an incredible and remarkable year that we've had in 2021. And uh, so, I've often tried to, when, when, when we're coming into church, trying to process the things that we're seeing on a, a weekly and a daily basis and try to, you know, come into where we can look at those things through the lens of the Word of God. And that's the reason that as God's people, we don't have to uh, fear, right? Uh, we don't have to fear. We can have courage. Uh, as God's people, we want to stay on task. We want to make sure that we're doing that which God would have us to do. And this, it really comes out to being another one of those uh, messages because I believe that we need it. The context, of course, falls in line with where we've been in Sunday school, and that's we've been talking about winning people to Christ, winning people to Christ. And uh, we, we may do a, a couple of those. You know, the, the last time I taught, I actually talked about our, our rights in the workplace, our rights in the workplace, um, and, uh, and I thought that was really interesting. But uh, we'll talk about this, and then perhaps next week, I, I would almost like to go through some scenarios of witnessing, uh, but we'll see how that goes, and we'll just try to follow the Lord in that. Uh, but I want to talk about making a difference, because when you look at the context, I guess, I guess when I think about this, we turn to the Bible, we come to church, and sometimes I get concerned that some people, when we hear a message, for instance, on soul winning or walking close to Christ or, you know, discipling people for the Lord, that it's easy for some people that we get so caught up with what's going on 
in our world and in our country that you think, what's pastor, with all that's going on in the world today, does this really matter? Does these things really matter? Does it really matter, uh, you know, the, these Christian principles and church? And Well, I would say it matters more than ever. Does it, does it really matter that we take time to try to win people to Christ? And I would say, yes, it matters more than ever. And I can say that on the authority of God's Word. And really, the book of Jude is a good example of that. Because Jude, as we know, precedes uh, the book of Revelation in our Bibles. And so many believe, I've heard it referred to, the book of Jude, as the vestibule or the lobby uh, that leads into the book of Revelation. So, you know, when you come into the church and some people, of course, will uh, come in uh, in a few minutes and, uh, and maybe right before uh, we dismiss this time. And so they'll come and stand right there in the back and wait for things to uh, wait for me to quit talking. And then they'll make their way in. Well, that's kind of how the book of Jude is. The book of Jude is dealing with the time that I believe that we're living in now, the time of the Lord's return. And we don't know when the Lord's returning, but we know that it is an Im- imminent return not an immediate return. We, 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 of course, don't set dates and say, boy, if, uh, if this law passes or this bill passes, or this, boy, Jesus is going to come at that very moment. The Bible doesn't tell us that. But the Bible does say He's coming again soon. And there really, are, uh, there really is so much being fulfilled in the Bible that has been fulfilled that, it, that, to, that it's exciting times. But that's kind of where we are. We're in the place to where I believe the Lord's coming again soon. And so you could say this way, that we're living in the book of Jude. And so the reason I say on the authority of God's Word that the basic principles of Christian living and Christian witnessing and our goal and our purpose that Jesus has... Jesus did not say, you know, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel unto every man and to every creature unless things really get bad and unless the political climate changes and unless... You know, the, you're being inundated with uh, this pandemic stuff or whatever. He didn't say unless. He said keep on doing it. And we're reminded of that again. And even, even these most basic things, it's pretty cool. So here he is talking. This, this book of Jude is a great, great book. Obviously, uh, it's a, it's, it's one, it's a one-chapter book in the Bible, but it is chocked full of information. And it warns about the, the falling away, the falling away of, you know, the, the church. It warns about the evil leaders and stuff that are going to be things that are going to be going on in the days leading up to the revealing of the Lord Jesus Christ, which is what apocalypse means and what revelation therefore means is the revealing, the unveiling of the Lord from heaven. But right here, he warns, he says, it's been told to you. We started started in verse number 17. It's been told us already and down to verse 18, how that they told you that there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lust. These be those who separate themselves, sensual, having not the Spirit. But then he said, there's a change there. But ye beloved, so here we are, waiting, ready for the Lord to return, living in the last days. And he says, but ye beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. And so, I believe that God gives us some directions how that we can continue to make a difference in the days in which we live. And again, I don't know when the Lord's coming back, but no matter what, in the days which we live, it's our purpose to make a difference for the Lord. Uh, the book of Jude warns that this, 
is a time of great deception. And there's a lot of people deceived today, isn't there? A time of great deception. But if you just think about these things, if it's a time of great deception and there's so many people being deceived, where do Christians fit into that? Where do Bible believers, where do we as Bible believers fit in to people around us that are deceived? How, do, how does that affect you or, or what does that come as a responsibility toward you as a child of God if there's people around us that are being deceived? Be the light, right? I mean, uh, share the truth with people. Um, and again, there's a lot of deception going around. I believe the greatest deception is that of spiritual deception, spiritual blindness. And that's why uh, we, may we may need to get through some other ways that people are being deceived in order to get through to their greatest need. But you know, I get back to this. I just think about this all the time. This has been my argument for years, but now we've got different, uh, we've got more examples of this, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, government control and overreach and uh, these things that, that we're facing today. And of course, uh, laws that are being passed that, uh, you know, forcing people to do things. And it's like, okay, I guess if they pass the law, technically that's legal, but I believe they passed a law that's against the law, if you know what I mean. You know, we're dealing with these types of things. Um, but I still believe that our primary goal needs to be going back to the argument that we've had for years. What about those that have been deceived by the, by the arguments of, uh, of the leftists, of the liberals that are in our society? Uh, well, man, I've, I've said this for years. I would, th th those people are deceived, but what if, I, what if I am able to convert a person from being a leftist to being conservative? to believing in the principles and the founding of our country, well, that would be wonderful, wouldn't it? But how much greater would it be if we could lead that person to Christ? And, you know, and, and that's what I think as God's people, that we need to make sure when it comes to this thing of deception, I think the greatest deception that leads to some of these other deceptions is the fact that they don't know Christ and that they need the Lord. So it's good to be educated enough to be able to deal with the things on the, on the peripheral, but we need to make sure that we don't get distracted and only are working around the peripheral. The Lord did not call us to convince people to get on our side about the social ills of our day. That is not the mission of the church. And you are the church. We are God's people. It's to win people to Christ. Now, again, along the way, uh, we, we confront our culture but what I'm just trying to say is that the heart of this is spiritual deception as far as people being lost without Christ. Now that leads to people maybe being able to believe the lies that are being, uh, you know, put on us today. So I'm not saying that we don't stand up against those lies. I'm just saying that at the heart of what we're doing needs to be to try to get to people's heart. So it's a time of uh, deception, a time of decadence, a time of uh, degradation. Uh, man, we live in an evil day, don't we? It is wicked. Uh, I mean, it's amazing to me the, uh, the, 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 the blind passion and fury at which the, the left in our country uh, want to see babies killed in their mother's womb. It just blows my mind. I mean, how can that be? And... And then turn around and call people that stand against that evil. I had, I had one of the greatest privileges in the conference that I was in last weekend to meet Brian Hughes. And, and I've, I've actually knew Brian, I've been around Brian Hughes several times. And 
met him, but, but got to spend a little bit more time with him this year. But Brian Hughes is the Texas, uh, the Texas uh, senator that, uh, that wrote the heartbeat bill for the state of Texas. Uh, he's the one who wrote it. He's the one that helped push it through. And so that's been about a month ago since that passed. Uh, in Texas, it's been a little less than a month since the Supreme Court said, "Well, there's nothing we we you know it, it's it's we we can't do nothing about that law. Uh, we we can't fight that as of now with the way they have it written." And so, over the last month, uh, somewhere around 30 days, there's been 156 somewhere in the average 156 babies uh, that have not that would have been aborted in the state of Texas that have not been aborted. And the Lord used Brian Hughes to help accomplish this. But isn't it something, if you meet this guy, he's a, he just loves the Lord, he's the most humble guy, he, he's, he's a senator, he's a politician, uh, but he, he rarely will speak, at least I've never heard him speak, without taking a moment to share the gospel clearly, give a clear presentation of the gospel, uh, whomever he's speaking to, wonderful man, loves the Lord, humble guy, sweet guy, just the nicest guy you'd ever want to meet. But to him, but, but to people in our country, there's people on the left that he is the most evil person ever. He is the enemy. What's he trying to do? God forbid he's trying to save lives. Not only that, as a Christian, he's trying to save uh, the lives of the most innocent in our country. Then, in a, then, then also, he's been a faithful witness, uh, lovingly sharing the gospel with whoever will uh, listen to him. That's the, that's the kind of guy he is. But isn't it something that to the left, that's the evil person? So, there's, so I'm saying it's a time of deception, it's a time of degradation, it's a time of evil. Um, you know, I think it was, uh, I think just... Uh, yeah, in, in the, the city of Vermilion, as a matter of fact, they just got, they just passed the, uh, I believe the, maybe I think it's a city ordinance, you know, but basically that guys who are confused, deceived or whatever, basically the locker rooms are open and bathrooms are open to whoever, I believe, now, starting maybe this week uh, in the city of Vermilion, at least in the schools. Uh, it's a time of terrible degradation and danger, but I just find it interesting, again, I acknowledge all those things, and I say there's some very practical instructions that God gives us about what we're to do, how we're to handle living in these last days. And I know I've done that in different ways and different messages in recent days, but I want to just look at some of these things again, because again, these things, it's like our attention can be diverted to more places than ever right now. Um, and they need to be, but I feel like when it comes down to it, we need to be honed in on the main thing, and that is making a difference for Christ. And there's just a few points here, and I won't be able to point them all out this morning, but basically, he tells us first of all in these, and it's three things. I'll tell you the three things, then I'll go back to the first one. He tells us that we need to begin by taking an inward look. By taking an inward look. Wouldn't it be awful if we looked around us so much that we allowed ourselves to, that, that our walk with God isn't what it's supposed to be and our devotion to the Lord is not at what it's supposed to be uh, and we look at the world around us and we're, we're a lot better than that. We're a lot better off than these crazies. Uh, but we allow ourselves to not keep growing in our relationship with Christ. So he said the number one, the first thing he mentions is an inward look. He says building up yourselves and I suppose we'll take uh, time to look at that this morning. Then he says an upward look, an upward look. He speaks about looking up to the Lord and then 
also an onward look, an onward look, and I said three, but there's going to be four, an onward look and an outward look. In other words, having compassion on those around us. Um, all right, so without any further uh, delay, let's start looking by that inward look that you and I need to make. Now, again, remember, the context is, the, I mean, in, in the book of Jude, I mean, it's the last days. Tribulation, of the, the Jesus is about to come. The tribulation will be starting after the Lord returns. Of course, we'll go uh, out with the Lord. But he says, what's, what do we need to do? But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Building. So this, the, 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 the context and the idea of building is an activity that's directed by a plan. If you've ever built something, if you've ever put something together, I hope before you started, you had a plan. And I hope you had a good plan, and I hope you've followed that plan. Now, I will admit that I have tried to build things and do things before without much of a plan. And I just go into it and think I'll figure it out as I go along. A couple of the guys in here has worked with me before, things around the church, and that's no surprise to them. But... Uh, building up yourselves. Now, do, we, do you, as a Christian, have a building plan? Do you have a building plan? And if so, what is that building plan? What, what are the instructions for the life that God wants you to build, uh, building up yourselves? How he, wants to be, how he wants you to build yourself? What's the instruction manual? Amen. It's the Word of God. Absolutely, it's the Bible. We have the Bible. So we building is an activity that's directed by, by a plan, and the plan that we've been given is the Word of God. The Word of God. So for one thing, man, man, we need to be in the Word. Uh, learning the Word, knowing the Word, uh, man, just uh, loving the Word of God. And that'll help us to do a couple things. Number one, it'll help us to know our purpose. Our purpose. Knowing our purpose helps our vision. You know, if you have a plan for what you want to be for God and what God wants you to be, with that comes a vision of that. I, I, so, in other words, I look, at this, I look at this building instruction and I look at the directions of, how, of what God wants me to be as a person, as a man. For you, if you're a lady, as a lady. But what He wants me to be. As a man, uh, as a man, I've, I've, I've been blessed to, uh, in, in marriage, I've got a wife. And so, uh, the husband I need to be, the father I need to be, um, the pastor I need to be, the employee I need to be, whatever the case may be, the citizen that I need to be. So, if we get in the Word of God, we see what our purpose is. We see, okay, this is the blueprint. This is... The goal. This is where God wants me to, to be. Now, once we see that, that should help us to get a vision. Because I believe in order to build something, I believe probably anybody that's ever built much of anything has had to have some sort of vision of what it was going to be like. And we need to take time to get a vision of what God wants us to be. We, see, we know our purpose, we understand God's plan, then we look ahead and say, okay, what does that look like? What's a vision? And then what we do is once we have a vision, it helps us work on a daily basis in that step. It's just, you think about it this way. I, I think about showing up on a job site. Just imagine someone's building a house, since he said building up yourselves. 
Imagine someone's building a house. Um, and, I, you know, I I've, was uh, involved in uh, construction in different ways through the years. Um, but if you go to, a, especially a new construction house or building, and some of you guys are familiar with this, somewhere in that building there's going to be a set of blueprints. Sometimes they, the contractor may have them up on a, up on a, a piece, on a board somewhere in that house, or, but they're going to be somewhere available. So every day when those builders show up to the job site, if they, if they need to be reminded, they may take a look at that and say, okay, this is what I'm going to do for the day. They gen, a, a good contractor generally doesn't just show up and just start doing stuff and just start, you know, head off over here and just start putting up some wall or petition and somebody comes and the foreman comes along and asks, well, what are you doing? Uh, oh, I'm just, you know, building a wall. But a wall doesn't go there. Why are you doing this? In other words, why waste, why waste time doing something that's not in the plan? Look every day at the plan. See what it is. And here's the cool thing. Who's the builder in the scenario that we've been given here in the book of Jude? Look at it again. Verse 20. But ye, beloved, building up yourselves. Who's the builder? You're the builder. You know, the idea of personal responsibility comes straight from the Bible, doesn't it? People want to blame, people love being victims and blaming everybody else. It's a problem in our society. But the Bible teaches us that we are the ones building. Now we understand that it's God building through us, but he says building up yourselves. You know, it's easy. Have you ever done this? Have you ever, you know, maybe God's pointed out something in your life that you need to either do or no longer do, and you've gone to God and you say, Lord, please help me to no longer do this, or please help me to start doing this. But there's a part of you that, uh, you know, it's, it's almost as if we're just trying to put, put it all on God. And that if God doesn't take this desire away from me, well, it must just be God's will for me to continue to do it, despite what His Word says. Or, you see what I'm saying? I don't know if you've ever done that. Y'all are looking at me funny. But I know that I have gone to the Lord before and wanted Him just to change me without me putting forth any effort, without me being willing to say, okay, Lord, because we understand when, when He says building up ourselves, remember, we already have the principles in the big scheme of things in the Word of God that without Him we can do nothing. We understand that. Therefore, we understand that the way we build ourselves up is with His help with His Word. But ultimately, there is the matter of our will. We must be willing to make an effort to say, okay, Lord, here's what I'm going to do. Building up yourself. So if you are the builder of your life, if you're supposed to be building yourself up, uh, that puts a lot of responsibility. And, and, and I love this. There's a, there's a great verse in the book of Hebrews. You, you remember the passage, some of you will know the passage that talks about uh, the root of bitterness, you know, lest any root of bitterness uh, springing up uh, in you, you know, defile many. But do you remember how that verse starts? Two words, looking diligently, looking diligently. So the command is for each Christian to look diligently. And one of the cool things about that phrase and the phrasing right there about looking diligently 
is that the idea behind those words that are being used there, they're the same words that are used for a bishop. Now we generally, of course, when we talk about a pastor, we just generally call the pastor, pastor, or a preacher. But actually, a New Testament pastor has, has several different names in the New Testament, and one of those is bishop. Bishop. And the, the, the title of bishop speaks more of the one who's going to give an account before God for the things that are done. Therefore, the bishop is the person that God has put in the church as the under-shepherd, leading and guiding as God sees fit. But here's the cool thing about that. The looking diligently under yourselves part right there, it's the same word used. So it's basically saying you need to be your, your own overseer. You need to be your own overseer. And you know what? As a bishop called by God, my goal is to help empower people to be bishops of their own soul, so to speak. For you to look diligently under yourself. Because one of the bad things that can happen, I'm talking even in good churches, it, it's crazy because it goes back to one of the, you know, the arguments sometimes about the Roman Catholic Church that, that, that it was built for people to have such a great dependency upon the priest. That Laodicean, not the Laodicean, but the, uh, the Nicolaitan idea of, the, uh, of, of conquering the laity of, of, of the laity of the people, having a dependence on, uh, such a dependence on the priest. Well, I hate to tell you this, but some of you know it's true already. There are, there are Baptist pastors that do the same kind of thing. There's Baptist pastors that they may not say it in, in exact words, but you can't really understand how you need to live. You, don't, you can't really understand how you need to build your life. You need me to tell you. You need me. You need me. And people just, and, and these pastors just thrive on this sense of, uh, and, and, and I, know, I believe sometimes there's maybe good motivations because I know some of these pastors, um, but it's not right. Now, obviously, God's put a pastor and a bishop in your life for a reason. God's done that for a reason. Uh, so there is leadership that needs to come from me. There is that authority that needs to come from me. However, God wants us to grow in our faith to where we're building up ourselves, to where we're looking diligently unto ourselves. We're overseeing our own lives. And that's why we need to make sure that we do what God's Word said. And I'll just say one more thing on that. The Bible says, well, I love what the Apostle Paul said about following him. About fo you know, some people say, well, never, we, we should never follow a man. Well, that's not true. We, we are to, God has placed men in our lives. I wouldn't be here today if God hadn't put some men in my life for me to follow. Uh, because th that is a principle in the Bible. But here's the catch. The Bible says, and Paul said what? How did he say to follow him? Follow me as I follow Christ. So that's how, so what that does is it puts the responsibility back on us again. So we can follow someone as they follow Christ. Now, how do we know whether or not that person's following Christ? By them telling you they're following Christ? So now you've got to follow them? How do we know a person, a pastor, uh, you know, some leader is following Christ or not? Amen. We've got the Word of God. And so we know by the word of God, uh, follow me as I follow Christ. So that's the example. But the point is, we are the builders. Coming back to the point of the blueprint, when I have a vision, I mean, and I just want you to think for a moment, what is it 
do, do, you even, do you have a grasp today of what God wants you to be? That's where it starts, man. You know, we talk about deception, and again, you say, Preacher, I thought we were talking about the last days, or I thought we were talking about, you know, making a difference. We are, but it's all, it all starts with this inward look. Because I'm afraid that so many of us as Christians are just flat out distracted. You know, again, imagine showing up to the job site, blueprints on the wall, there's work to be done, and we just, maybe we walk back out of the house and don't do anything that day. Or maybe we go do other random things that day. All the while, there's a work to be done. And I just want to challenge you and encourage you today. You're in, a, you're in an incredible position and time in your life. You are a person that God thought enough of to send the Lord Jesus Christ to this earth and die for you, to shed His blood for you. In, in 1 John chapter 4, the Bible says that Jesus Christ came. This is cool. We know that He came to save sinners. The Bible says that. But in 1 John 4, the Bible says He came that we might live through Him. So He thought enough of you to save you, to come die for you, save you, put you in uh, 2021 and to give a purpose for your life and a plan. So, man, I guess the first place to start is understanding that you do have a purpose and for you to say, just take a moment to your, and say, okay, what is it that God's wanting me to do? What is it that I'm working toward? You know, going into that house and there's the blueprint. Imagine, and you can just envision this beautiful finished product landscaping and all this beautiful finished product but right now it's boards and and there's some stuff that have, hasn't even arrived yet i mean the yard's just dirt and mud and it's the whole place is dusty and a mess but you come in and you just keep working but you got to have that vision so i want you today not to be defeated by your failures, not to be thinking, well, man, I'm such a mess. I, you know, I, I'm too old now. I, I, uh, those years have already passed me. Not so. Because if you're here today and if you're alive and breathing, those years haven't passed you. you. There's years that have passed you, but you still have today. Man, every one of us. Because here's the thing. If I can get the vision of where God's calling me to go and what God's wanting me to be, if I can get in the Word of God and see that, then on a daily basis, when I wake up in the morning, the decisions I make will help dictate what I believe about God's purpose for my life will help me to dictate the decisions I make that day. And I'll say to myself, okay, what I'm about to do, how does that help me accomplish that ultimate goal of building this life of mine, building up on the most holy faith? Okay, it doesn't. Well, you know what? Maybe I'm not going to do that anymore. Maybe that's not going to be a part of my life today because every day I'm building toward that vision and that purpose. There's an inward look. Knowing your purposes. Great minds have purposes. Others just have wishes. You know, we can sit around and, and wish that we were something else or wish we were better men or better women. But why not just say, you know what? I want a purpose to be that way. I, I want to make the smallest decision today. I want to take just one baby step in the right direction of being what God wants me to be. Being the person who God has saved me and called me to be. Great minds have purposes. Others just have wishes. 
So, when we think about purpose today, an inward look, building up ourselves, everyone has a purpose. And I'll just remind you of this, too, I, I've got to do it. Because I understand as a person who has uh, worked public jobs, uh, you know, most all my life, I understand that when you're working a public job, it can feel like, okay, well, whatever my purpose is, I can't do it because I'm working this public job in the moment. You know, I, I, I'm an electrician, I'm a farmer, I'm a, you know, what, what you fill in the blank. I mean, uh, I, I, what, what, what does it matter what I do? I work in the service industry. Uh, what does it matter? It matters, amen. And it, it, so in your career, you've got to understand that God has put you where you are, I believe, for such a time as this, right now. He's put you where you are for a purpose and a reason for such a time as this. So it doesn't matter what your job is because it's real easy. It's one thing to get up on a Sunday morning and come to church and feel like you're actually involved in the spiritual process, if you will. But what you've got to begin to understand is when you get up in the morning to go to work and when that alarm clock goes off and you get up at uh, you know dark 30, if you're getting up in the morning, heading off to work, you don't just think, well, I guess I'm just going to go waste my, the rest of my day doing these secular things. No. You're, God's got you on that job. God's got you in that place. God's got you there for such a time as this. Uh, God's got you in your home for such a time as this, if, uh, depending on your situation. But God's got you there for such a time as this. Uh, don't feel like that if it's not churchy, that it's not spiritual. Uh, okay, so your purpose, uh, everyone has one. God has an incredible purpose for your life. And one purpose I know that we all have. I, I, I know one purpose we all have, and that purpose is to make a difference. I know my purpose. I know why God's placed me on this earth. And by God's grace, I plan to make a difference. I really want to make a difference in, people, in somebody's life. And we, you, you may not be able to make a difference in everyone's life, but what, what, what he's leading up to here is that in these last days, we need to continue to make a difference in somebody's life. Um, so, by God's grace, if we can dedicate our lives to our purpose, it will bring us joy. Uh, C.S. Lewis had an interesting quote in Mere Christianity. He said, A car is made to run on gasoline. And it would not run properly on anything else. Now God has designed the human machine to run on Himself. He Himself is the fuel our spirits were designed to burn, or the food our spirits were designed to feed on. There is no other. That is why it is just no good asking God to make us happy in our own way without bothering about religion. God cannot give us a happiness and peace apart from Himself because it is not there. There is no such thing. So again, just driving home the idea there of purpose. God's purpose. We are not going to find any peace or true joy in this life until we get a hold of what our purpose is. Have you, have you, has anybody ever struggled with that, by the way, besides me? Because I'm a preacher today, and man... I've said this before, but I feel like in some ways, when I preach this message, I feel like in a lot of ways I have it easier than you. Because my purpose just so happens to be in this realm. 
I'm a pastor. I'm a preacher. Uh, you know, part of my job is, it, it, it's, it, technically, it's my job to be in the Word of God. Uh, it's my job to stand and preach. You know, it, it, so it's, it's not very hard for me to realize the sacred purpose for which I am called. But is anybody else like me that feels like if you are not somehow publicly involved in the ministry of the church, and especially I think of church services, that are you really doing something for God? Anybody ever struggle with that? Uh, I sure have, because I, I, I could say that for a purpose. I remember, I've shared this before, but I'll just share it uh, quickly. Uh, I, was, uh, I was heading to work, you know, and again, uh, most of the days that I work at Polaris, uh, which, which are getting to be few and far between now because uh, the church and the vision that God's called me for is demanding more and more time. Uh, but, uh, but I remember one particular morning, you know, I mean, I get up at like 4.20, 4.30 in the morning uh, to get ready to head out and go to work. And, and here I am just heading off to work one morning. And, and, and this was the place where God had me at in my life at this moment. And I was working a lot more there then than I am now. And I just remember going to work and I was so frustrated. I was so aggravated because I was just thinking to myself, I was thinking of all I wanted to do in regards to this church and the ministry. But I sure wasn't going to be doing them today because I'm going to work in a warehouse. Um, and it's a great, great purpose, isn't it? This is what I'm thinking to myself. And, uh, and, and since then, some of you have encouraged me on this. I, I know that Ronnie encouraged me on this struggle because I've shared this. And he said, man, he said, don't feel like you're not doing something because there's people that need to get those parts, amen. But at th this particular day, I wasn't thinking about farmers that are needing uh, their ranger to get out and, and work in. I was thinking about the dude up in Vail that was on a snowmobile uh, that was waiting for his parts, you know, that uh, I was just thinking about some rich dudes up in Vail somewhere, and that's fine, they need their parts too, and nothing wrong with rich dudes in Vail. I know uh, some of you may be one one day, so it's nothing wrong with that, but in my mind, understand this. Here it is. I've been placed on this earth. What am I doing for this building today? I'm going off to work in a warehouse to mail some rich dude in Vail his uh, uh, part for his uh, snowmobile. Woohoo! Making a difference for Jesus today. That's just, the way I, that's just the way I was feeling. You ever feel that kind of way? I just, I just was feeling like this is just terrible. But it was so cool because I walked in that morning and almost right away one of the ladies I worked with said, Jesse, remind me of the your service times. Remind me of your service times. And I thought, oh, okay. And then I talked to her for a little bit. And, 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 I, and within an hour, one of the supervisors came to me and he said, Jesse, he said, uh, have you talked to, and he mentioned another worker, uh, and I said, no, and he said, well, I've been telling them they need to talk to you because they're having trouble in their home. This, this, this staunch Roman Catholic supervisor of mine with a mouth, uh, you know, just one of those dudes that, uh, have you ever heard people cuss to where you're just like, man, that's impressive. I didn't, I mean, it's combinations of words that you I never heard anybody do that. I mean, he's one of these guys. But he says, he didn't call me Jesse, actually calls me preacher. He come up, preacher. Uh, and so and so. And he said, I've told them they need to talk to you. They need to get together with you, and they need to get their family together, and you need to talk to them. Man, God just blessed me that day. It's not always that way, but it just reminded me, you know what? 
God's got you here to make a difference. Uh, and, and that can also include, by the way, helping someone get their parts and accessories uh, for their uh, motorcycles and uh, snow machines and uh, side-by-sides and whatever else. But there's even a greater purpose is that I can influence lives here today. Um, and so can you, and that's the point. I had the benefit that same week, I'm sure that was on a Monday morning, I had the, I had the benefit that same week of walking into this pulpit and preaching again and being like, okay, yes, and feeling once again like I'm actually doing something really spiritual. And that's where I'm coming back to you, you know, because I feel like maybe you live more on that side of where I was at that Monday morning a lot. Because you may not have the opportunity to come and stand up here and feel like, okay, yeah, this is it. But you know what? What you're doing, that's it as well. Yes, Doria. Amen. Right. Absolutely. Amen. You know something else I thought about too? You know, just on the simple side of things too, that's just these practical ways of thinking that are spiritual things. I was providing for my family. The reason I started working at Polaris is, you know, I got in the situation to where at the, you know, you ever been in that place where at the end of the, end of the month you have more month left than you have money? Uh, I was running into that on a regular basis. I said, well, I got to do something. And the Bible says he, don't, he, he that doesn't provide for his own is, you know, worse than an infidel. So, well, that's, if that's a command out of the Scripture, it's pretty practical. But that's something spiritual, and, uh, and therefore it ends up being a testimony to my family. It ends up being a testimony to uh, the people I work with. Any, any, any other thoughts on this? Then uh, again, I didn't get very far on that like I usually don't get very far on things, but any, any other uh, perspective on realizing the, uh, you know, anything we've talked about, I guess. Any, any other thoughts or questions, comments? I may just mention one more thing here. Talk about our purpose. Uh, talk about principles. Uh, I, I'll use this just last closing example of a way to, that we need to be, we need to be uh, on guard. We need to be on guard. Uh, because, again, I, I feel like today we have so much that we're just inundated with. And, and I've said this before, I, I think something that the Lord just re- recently revealed to me is even thinking about my vision. God's helped me with my vision literally over the, la- the last month or so. Because if you talk to me, if you get to talking to me, I, I, my vision is like this broad. It's like, oh yeah, this, you know, this, this, this. And it just goes right down the list of what I want to see God do. But I started kind of struggling with that because it was like this. And I'm like, how am I going to? So what the Lord's helped me to do over the last month is, Turn it from this way to this way. He's helped me to get it linear. 
and say, okay, yes, these may be all the things I want you to accomplish, but first, you need to accomplish this, okay? So that's a perspective that God's helped me with because what I'm saying is, for me, I'm even talking about my vision, just all these great things I want to accomplish, but for me, I think it just, it seems like more than ever, there's, a, there's, there's plenty of fights to get into. I guess that's what I'm trying to get at, right? There's plenty of causes to take up today. And I'm not saying they're not worthy causes. But I think that we got to be on guard that we don't just become involved putting all of our efforts in, in, in a side of things that takes us away. And I'll just close with this illustration about, uh, we talked about purpose, we talked about principles, values is where I was going to get next. But I'll just close with this illustration. Um, in ancient China, the people wanted and desired security from the barbaric invading hordes to the north. To get this protection, they built the Great Wall of China. It's uh, 30 feet high, I believe at its highest point, 30 feet high, 18 feet thick, and more than 1,500 miles long. Great Wall of China. The, goal, the Chinese goal was to build an absolutely impenetrable defense. Too high to climb over, too thick to break down, and too long to go around. But during the first 100 years of the wall's existence, China was successfully invaded three times. But it wasn't the wall's fault. During all three invasions, the barbaric hordes never climbed over the wall... They never broke down the wall, and they never went around the wall. They bribed the gatekeepers of the wall and just went straight into the land. And so I believe it's just a good example to say that we need to make sure that we are not only, you know, that, that our principles, that our values are correct. They're in the right place. Broken down values, broken down priorities can leave and just open up the gate for the enemy to invade and affect our lives. And again, thus the reason that even among God's people, there's so much anxiety and angst and, and unrighteous anger. There's something wrong with you if you're not angry with what's going on in the world. Uh, but we need to be able to decipher and make sure that we've got a righteous anger of faith and hope and not an unrighteous anger. Um, you know, but, but, but so it's, it's just one of those things to where we've got the defense, but we've got to make sure that we don't leave these gaping uh, holes of not, not, not of an incomplete wall, but of just places to where we compromise God's purpose and plan and, and, and the difference that He wants us to be, the, the stalwart He wants us to be in these last days by opening up and just letting the enemy come right on in. Uh, so, I uh, suppose I'll just stop right there because uh, it's time. But, uh, but anyway, well, thanks for being here.